lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well, as is our good friend Jordan Schachtel, because we'll be starting the Dace Group here in just a matter of moments. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show and don't forget youtube.com slash steve dace is where you can find clips of this program that you can sample and share and again the last name is d-e-a-c-e also don't forget never been a better time to subscribe to blaze tv than right now go to blaze tv.com slash dace because number one you frankly need us more than ever before right now. And then number two, we've made it cheaper for you than ever before as well. $30 off an annual subscription right now when you go to blazetv.com slash Dace and use Steve as your promo code. Promo code Steve at blazetv.com slash Dace and you'll get this show and every other show that we do here at Blaze TV, including exclusive content like our overtime that does not get released to the public. You'll get all of that for about $5 and change. I've got to believe we're worth at least $5 Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. If we're not worth that, then uh, begin self-harm now. All right. And, and if we're not, someone else here at the blaze has got to be worth like Phil Robertson's got to be worth five bucks a month. All right. I mean, I've had Phil on this show enough to know he's worth at least five. 16 million people used to watch Phil. 16 million people used to watch Phil Robertson. He's got to be worth at least five bucks a month. All right, blazetv.com slash Dace. That's blazetv.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. And with that, let's get to the Dace group. Your weekly look at the week be, the week that was begins as it always must with bleep Democrats say. So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And the intent is right now that those if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. John, if, if back to normal means acting like there never was a coronavirus problem, I, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population. It, it is fair to say things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. I just want to make a brief comment to get back to the discussion about the health disparities in in. Uh, the African-American community, because it really is very important. The, those who have always been at the short end of the stick in a moment of crisis, it becomes it, it becomes even more evident and, and in this case, even more fatal. So we've long had, historically, because of a number of issues that are about systemic and institutional racism and just inequities across the board. You know the old expression about snitches? Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We should be making it easier, not harder, to make sure 
to set makes sense to you know I'll put it another way it makes no sense so we just heard that these models showing death projections in the United States have fortunately been revised downward that's good news but the thing we have to be careful of that we don't then take that good news to think that we might be able to pull back a bit we've got to continue in many respects to redouble our efforts at the mitigation of physical separation in order to keep those numbers down and hopefully even get them lower. The next package this is already being discussed should include student debt relief for at least $10,000 per person. We need to center uh, the humanity of every individual, family, and worker, and that includes not leaving behind our undocumented and our uninsured. And I don't think it's actually an overstatement to say that Donald Trump has there are tens of thousands of people who will die in the country or have some of them have already died. More are still going to die mm-hmm. because of Donald Trump's incompetence and lack of leadership. These additional deaths, many of them are unnecessary. They are deaths of incompetence. They are deaths of science denial. They are deaths of inequality. And um, and so it's important for us to acknowledge how unnecessary the level of, of crisis that we are at right now that is due to the incompetence of this administration. I got to tell you, you know, Donald Trump has blood on his hands and he has my mom's blood on his hands. Why is the president so convinced that this is the medication that needs to be stockpiled? What is in it for him? And let's face it, there's always in it, there's always something in it for this president when he wants to tout something. And so I, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with this newfound love of, uh, of, of hydroxy chloroquine. I I just don't understand it. It's a case where we cannot let this, we've never allowed any crisis from the Civil War straight through to the pandemic of 17, all the way around 16. We have never, never let our democracy take second fiddle. Way that We can both have a democracy and elections and at the same time correct the public health. When you cast the alabaster into the fallopian tube, And its effervescence overcomes the, sorry, I I don't, how do you share a a country with that? You don't. I I don't have anything. Do I have anything in common with any of those people? How, how, how? what do I have in common with any of those people? Just the coronavirus laden air that we breathe. Let's get to the first question. What was your favorite flavor of Shut Up Juice this week? Jordan Schachtel, you're the guest, so you get to go first. Go ahead, sir. Um, I think just I'm kind of like astonished how we're not allowed to talk about the fact that Joe Biden has dementia, and it's like painfully obvious, and it's sad. Um, and then when anyone talks about it, they just like kind of deflect and tell you to shut up because Trump is president and he's like a bad guy or something. It's just very bizarre. It kind of reminds me of like the Obama years, where there were certain topics you just like can't talk about because the media said you can't talk about it. And like Joe Biden's just, just a mess. Um, and it's just, it's just sad at this point. It is. It is just sad at this point. We have been talking about it, as you know, Jordan, on this show for months, that the, all the obvious signs of dementia are there. And that just frankly goes beyond partisanship. He just, he physically cannot perform this job period. And Normally, Aaron, when when you go off on your own and take initiative, which so rarely happens around here, sure, being yeah. the millennial slacker that you are, mm-hmm. when you run off and take initiative, I, I tend to get a tad nervous 
And, and frankly, only if only because it so rarely occurs. But in this case, your editorial decisions, which I was not in on nor approved, your editorial decisions to include Debbie Burks and Anthony Fauci within your weekly blast of bleep Democrats say, I, 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 well, I, I, I've rarely been prouder of you. And I, I just wanted to affirm that in, in front of the audience that uh, you have, you have, you have, you have six, you have passed your Jedi trials, Padawan. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I, I just want to say your concerns are, are well-founded because usually when I start uh, going a little bit rogue, you, you call that, uh, you call that uh, taking initiative. I call it going rogue. Exactly. What have you. Yes. Um, you know, your, your, your mind immediately goes to crap. How am I going to make my mortgage payment next month? Because you might not have a job right. uh, based on something that I said. Exactly. So, but, uh, but having said that, yes, I, I believe the, the continual drumbeat, and if I just will answer the, the question here, the, the continual drumbeat of indefinition, uh, indefinition, if that's even a word, the indefinite nature of these lockdowns, stay-at-home orders, social distancing, which I, I believe have become really uh, crammed together into one thing, which is basically uh, we're going to keep the economy shuttered as long as possible. This in- this continual drumbeat from some, including Dr. Fauci, including Bill Gates, including several people. I mean, there's there, the Surgeon General this morning, uh, who's the same guy who said, Dude, don't go out and buy masks and there's still debate about whether or not people should be wearing masks but then came out last week and said well you know you can wear a mask if you want to the same surgeon general who who made that about face is now saying well you know come may 1st most of the country will not be able to uh will not be able to to open up i mean come on come on the continual drumbeat of indefinite lockdowns it's driven probably by several things but I don't want to begin to understand any of them. I don't want to begin to understand what's driving this because I think most, if not all of it, is fear. And people are feeding on that. People are propagating it. And people, uh, people are succumbing to it. So that's, that's the, the general takeaway from the crazy train this week. When I get called home to heaven, I've got a list of questions I'm going to ask Jesus. And one of them, you know, I... I, that I just have to know. Just, I don't, I won't be able to eternally rest until I know some of these things because they have just befuddled me throughout the course of my career. Who was, who is giving Scott Walker presidential campaign advice is going to be one of those questions. I, I'm, I'm going to need to know who, who thought, hey, do everything opposite of what made you a badass governor and run for president on that. And then I'm going to really need to know why he took that advice. And does anybody even know where a Scott Walker is right now? Do you know where he is right now? I think Jesus is just going to say, some thorns in the flesh cannot be taken yes, away. Yeah. The, the other thing I'm going to want to know is, why did I'm going to have to ask, why did President Trump let Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks go on and on and on for this long? That's an, that's another question that's going to be on my list. That I I'm gonna you, some of you are gonna want to ask about Loch Ness or Area 51, right? Okay, you know what 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 happened at Roanoke? I'm gonna need to know why Fauci and Burks are still talking. I, I, that's the question that I'm going to have, Todd. Well, I bring to you glad tidings of great joy because I oh, have the no. answer to that. 
I actually have the answer to that. And it's is not I'm not I'm not gonna like this answer, am I? Uh no, you're gonna hate it. Oh, okay, but it's cool. gonna be true. Okay. So it's a day that ends it, in Y. Go ahead. It has to do who who's the clown on there, Aaron, who said uh snitches get rewards? That's uh, the LA. Gil Garcetti, mayor. Yeah. the mayor of LA. Yeah. Yeah, it's because of people like him. Because they are Legion and they are currently Legion in both parties. When you have that level of fellatio going on for everything you say and do it's 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 because of that the, dr fauci and dr burks could not be getting away with saying what they're saying for this long unless the cult of personality was formed around them from day one people saying we need to give him a medal of freedom and it just goes on and on and on and now you just see in social media that you know the the, the level of walk on water status that that man has because of people on every side of the fence that are constantly reinforcing one way or another to the president that this is a shaman that he has to keep close. Otherwise, who knows what happens? I mean, if he goes off the reservation, a guy that this is... No, that's actually, that you know, the whole keep your friends close, but yeah. your enemies closer. Yeah, well, that's Then, then that's that, there's, there's, there's some definite wisdom in that. You're well, right. Well, that's it, because he loves the camera. It, as would, dangerous as he is to President oh, Trump right now, how dangerous would Anthony Fauci be out there on his own as a free agent? Is that what you're saying? Oh, that very much could be happening. Yeah, but yeah. again, it I all think fundamentally goes to toadies like that guy to say so, they exist every to say, I basically you're damn right. I called the code red tyranny for everyone, tyranny in every hat in every pot. That's that's exactly why this is happening. I think we know Jordan well enough. I can do this to him. I'm going to spring something on him. I just want to get his reaction. All right. Jordan, according to Dr. Anthony Fauci, we may never be able to shake hands again, but if you take a drug that he heavily promotes and you're HIV positive, you're still safe to have sex with people. Your thoughts, Jordan? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I wrote this uh, just a second ago, actually, that Anthony Fauci makes Mike Bloomberg look like a civil libertarian in that his solution to everything is basically... The government's going to enforce a set of rules and regulations that will directly impact your life. Um, you know, just recently, I think he said that people should have certificates to carry yep. around to yeah. show yes. they're immune. Yeah. Does he not think about these things? This is what happens when you have a, a scientist that starts thinking about very complex issues that he's never thought about before or hasn't thought about in like 50 years. Like, oh, what could go wrong? What, what could go wrong with people carrying around immunity papers? Uh, so what happens to the people that don't have immunity papers? Are they treated like uh, pretty much criminals? Yes. Why don't what you trust the experts, Jordan? Yeah. I think what we need here on a Good Friday is a White House task force press conference where Anthony Fauci suggests, you know, guys, we're going to put a chip probably in the palm of your hand. Or on the forehead. Or on your forehead, yeah. just so that everybody knows whether or not you are you are unclean, you are COVID clean or not. That's your. That's you know, America's Good Friday present. What do you think? You know, Aaron, if, Aaron, go ahead quickly. If, if not that, you know, then the, then the uh, digital certificates or what, uh, whatnot, if people don't have those or the certificates that, that show that they uh, have COVID-19 antibodies, I think we should put all the people who don't in like a, something called a kindness camp. 
for them. Yes. You know, uh, where they can where they can work together, you know, if they want to um, and get through their illness and be educated on the dangers of coronavirus. Very, very tolerant of you, Mr. McIntyre, yes. on a scale of one to ten, with one being as much as I like Anthony Fauci and ten being as irritated as I am with this entire farce. All right. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Oh, I'm parked at 10. You can't move me off it. Jordan? Yeah, it's a 10. Aaron? I'm going on nine. There he is. Let's get to issue two. Good news. We cured heart attacks and apparently everything else. In the midst of the coronavirus panic pandemic, questions have arisen about how deaths are being coded by medical authorities. The big sticking point is whether people who die are dying with coronavirus or because of it. Dr. Deborah Burks of the White House's Coronavirus Task Force clarified this week. So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. The intent is right now that those if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Well, according to Dr. Harlan Krumholtz, writing in the New York Times, there might be some correlating information. Dr. Krumholtz is a physician at the Yale New Haven Hospital in Connecticut. He wrote for the Times this week about the drop in overall patient numbers at his hospital, especially those dealing with heart attacks. He writes, quote, Yale New Haven Hospital, where I work, has almost 300 people stricken with COVID-19, and the numbers keep rising, and yet we are not yet at capacity because of a marked decline in our usual types of patients. In more normal times, we never have so many empty beds. He goes on to say, quote, what is striking is that many of the emergencies have disappeared. Heart attack and stroke teams always poised to rush in and save lives are mostly idle. This is not just at my hospital. My fellow cardiologists have shared with me that their cardiology consultations have shrunk except those related to COVID-19. In an informal Twitter poll by Angioplasty Org, an online community of cardiologists, almost half of respondents reported that they are seeing a 40% to 60% reductions in admissions for heart attacks. About 20% reported more than a 60% reduction. And it might not just be heart attacks and strokes. Colleagues on Twitter report a decline in many other emergencies, including acute appendicitis and acute gallbladder disease. The most concerning possible explanation is that people stay home and suffer rather than risk coming into the hospital and getting infected with the coronavirus. This theory suggests that COVID-19 has instilled fear of face-to-face medical care. As a result, many people with urgent health problems may be opting to remain at home rather than call for help. And when they finally do seek medical attention, it's often only after their condition has worsened, end quote. Some updates since I chose this topic. The state of Ohio now where Mike DeWine aptly named, uh, who's making John Kasich look like Hercules. His state now uh, is, is even if they suspect you might have COVID without a test or you haven't tested positive yet, they were one of the first states in the country to panic. Their numbers haven't come anywhere close to what they were warning people about. And so now now they're just going to fudge the infection numbers now. They're not, they're not just going to boost the, the death mortality numbers now. In Ohio, they're going to boost the infection rate. And at this point, if Debbie Burks... 
tell me how she doesn't sound like and sometimes with the Iraq, people don't have maps, and that's really just tragic. Isn't she just beginning to sound like that now? Her voice inflection is nearly identical to that, okay? We had the story yesterday in Seattle, CenturyLink Field, where the Mariners played. Just a few days ago, just a few days ago, the military rushed in there to create a field hospital out of a large Major League Baseball stadium. They've closed it without seeing a single patient. In the state of Washington, which was the initial hot zone for this, remember, 30 of the first 50 deaths in America were all from that one uh, nursing home in the state of Washington. I've, I've uh, had a, a guy who covers the news in Knoxville, Tennessee, send me a note, same thing happened there. Someone sent me a note, same thing happened in Denver, Colorado. I've gotten, I, I'm getting notes from people that work in the medical field all over the country. They're laying me off. Um, one woman uh, sent me a note. She's a nurse in Central California. We've got nothing going on here. They've cut me down to, they've cut me to 12 hours. I, I may get laid off next week. Jordan, what's going on here? What's going on is that 10% of the U.S. population lives in an area that I guess you could consider a hot spot, and the other 90% of America is not seeing a flare-up in cases or has a manageable increase um, or even a declining increase in cases. And because of our mass lockdown stuff, the other 90% of America is being impacted economically and um, in a societal way, in the same way that people are being impacted in New York City. So the the whole model, the whole idea that this is going to increase healthcare capacity because we're kind of like, you know, locking down to make sure everyone's ready. They failed to account for the fact that hospitals still need revenues. Private practices still need revenues. There's still businesses. I'm sure like the Bernie bros will say that, oh yeah, this is a great time to institute single payer, which definitely is not the solution. But the problem is that if you're if you're living in a free society, people need money to be able to operate, and they're not being afforded that opportunity. Todd, well, I I know for a fact that multiple urgent cares here in Des Moines will be temporarily shutting down, uh, and things will be centralized because of the lack of business that Aaron's montage on this uh, just displayed. I mean, th- this this is happening real time right here in our backyard now it's important there's a lot of hoaxes going on uh it's important to be clear on what they are and not throw that word around here the, it isn't a it isn't the hoax that this kind of number accounting is going on just because of the coronavirus the 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 way they're doing this with coronavirus is how the, they handle the flu on a regular basis every year you hear the number of people that die from the flu most of those people aren't dying heart healthy people dying from the flu they are it does now the flu does not affect the same population the flu can affect younger people but it's often the old it's often the sick this is how we count things all the time so already we have a flu number that's overinflated that make and then this is oh this is worse than the flu and that's part of the scam that's been going on even before we ever heard of coronavirus so here you are already thinking that there's this monster that we've never seen before because of how we view systemically health medicine all of that through a lens of paranoia and fear aaron yeah that's that's well said and i i think i i i think i i tweeted something on on um uh, on social media this morning that uh, any idea, whether it's a model 
whether it's uh, projections, whether it's mitigation, whether it's whether it's um, uh, whether it's prevention, any idea in general seems really, really good if you don't think about it. And I'm sure at the beginning of this, yeah, uh, less contact with other people. That automatically means that we're going to uh, that means that we're going to bend the, or flatten the curve. That means that there's going to be less point of contact for people to to uh, contract this virus. And then after this, you know, after two weeks of this, it'll all be fine. We'll be able to press anything if you don't actually think about it too much. Seems like a really, really good idea. And this is one of those one of the very, very many un- unintended consequences of the policy that we've enacted um, it post, uh, post-outbreak. And, of course, we have to qualify this all of the time, but, you know, the, 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 the virus is serious, as Todd pointed, for, for uh, select populations and big, you know, big populations, but very select in the grand scheme of things, populations. It's, it's a serious disease. Um, but the math has never added up. I saw somebody. I saw somebody this morning try to defend the social distancing thing, the, the lockdown policy, by saying that this was enacted after Lombardy, after we saw what was going on in northern Italy. Guys, Lombardy, Italy, northern Italy, and northern Italy—they locked down on February twenty-first. Exactly. They locked down on February twenty-first, and yet they saw, still saw cases rise and rise and rise, and deaths rise and rise and rise. And of course, there's all of these different problems that come off after that. They, Italy, did the same thing that we're doing now, as far as counting deaths. Their capacity in Italy, they're, they're not the same healthcare system as we have in the United States. There's, there's so many qualifying things there. But if anything, it actually shows that um, it, it's not necessarily showing that social distancing make, made things worse. I just I don't think there's any evidence whatsoever that it made it better. But instead, what we now have is probably encroaching uh, 20 million people out of work including scores, thousands, tens of thousands of healthcare workers out of work. I know Todd just used an example here in our backyard. I know multiple hospitals here are low census and they're letting people, uh, I'm not sure laying off yet, but uh, people are losing hours. Healthcare workers are losing hours. I know that as a fact. Uh, All of these unintended consequences for, 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 for this virus, unintended. And when we can't actually ask questions critically without being demagogued first, without being told that you hate old people, without, without any semblance of actually come let us reason together, this is what you will always get. This is what you will always get because who are the people who are making these decisions, encouraging the, these decisions? Fallible humans. And when they don't have, when they don't have, like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, and when they don't have accountability, you'll inevitably lead to destruction. And that's what we're seeing right now. Exit question. I'm putting the over under on Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation coronavirus model revisions next week at two. I believe that's how many we got this week was two. All right. So are you taking the over or the under, Aaron? Under. Todd. Under, because the next one's going to be so hilariously incompetent, they just realized we've got to tap out on this because we're making fools of ourselves. What do you think, Jordan? 
under because they are expanding the parameters to put the bar on both the floor and the ceiling. So they're going to make it virtually impossible for them to have it wrong this time. Yep. So there will be no more complaints. Well, what was it? They put out a tweet yesterday. Well, it could be somewhere between 31,000 and 130,000 or yeah, something. Didn't they? Wasn't that what they said yesterday? It, it, it's just like the <laughs> yeah. weather. It's just like the weather. That, that's uh, actually what they said, folks. Yeah. Aaron's not, they, they put this in yeah. their tweet. Yeah. We're like media. We're like, uh, we're like meteorologists. Yeah. No, that's except, what they said. Except this forecast is like, well, a winter storm is going to come and hit some Somewhere in between uh, Calgary and St. Louis, consisting yes. of either moderate or very, very heavy rain, sleet, exactly. or slow, snow yes. in between the months of November and March. That's the weather forecast they put out. Hey, Kyle and Josh were two dudes that were both losing their hair because that dreaded male pattern baldness runs in their families. But the way they dealt with it could not have been more different. Kyle kept putting it off, getting that hair loss treatment, while Josh kept on the attack with keeps and now he gets to keep his hair and because that's keep that's because keeps offers the generic versions of the only two fda approved hair loss products so they're the real deal but because they're the generic versions you saved a fortune like josh did on them as well all he needed was a quick online consultation he answered a few questions snapped a few pics of his hair and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right fda approved hair loss treatment for josh and then it was shipped discreetly to his door and keeps therefore let josh and can let you save your hair without ever having to leave your couch. To get started with Keeps right now, get half off of your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow and get half off of your first order right now. Be like Josh. Go to keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's keeps.com slash grow. All right, we are going to turn our attention when we come back here for part two of the day screw. We're going to turn our attention somewhat from what's going on with SARS-2 coronavirus and look at Joe Biden, the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party. Or is he? We will discuss next right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. back here live and on demand on blaze tv radio podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre totters and our good friend jordan Schachtel is uh the fourth wheel today for the dace group our weekly look at the week that was let's get to issue three joe biden presumptive nominee or or is he i'm ready to go this is a crisis this is no time for donald trump's record of hysterical xenophobia Biden's son inked a billion-dollar deal with a subsidiary of the Bank of China. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. They're not bad folks, folks. Since the outbreak, the Communist Party has been mobilizing overseas organizations to buy local supplies and send them to China. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. What a beautiful history we wrote together. Banning all travel will not stop it. The president is right. That travel restriction on China, as every public health official we've talked to said, bought the country time. That was a very smart move right There's there. Hysterical xenophobia. Yeah, xenophobia. I complimented him on, uh, on dealing with China. I'm not going nuts. Is, that is the commercial the Trump campaign rolled out yesterday. 
for day one of Joe Biden as the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party. So let's begin with this question. Do you guys believe these head-to-head polls that have Biden beating Trump if the election were held today? Why or why not? Aaron, I'll start with you. My gut says um, no, but I think I think it's it's really, really difficult to say because I don't know how many people are actually paying attention to this right now, because once we have debates, it's I, I think you're going to see things uh, differ. But I, my gut is uh, is no. And, and there's this really weird polling kind of trend that we're seeing different results vastly different results from Wisconsin as we are, I believe, in Michigan um, from from what we saw in 2016. I, I don't know how I don't know how you I, I don't know what's going to the polling here. I don't know how we're seeing so many uh, differing polling results. There's uh, there's polls out of Wisconsin showing Trump beating uh, Joe Biden. And I think a few weeks ago, uh, other candidates as well. But Michigan, he has been com- consistently being beat by whoever the Democratic nominee is that he's put up against. I don't understand that. So I just think it's really too early to, to make this determination. But I really have a difficult time believing that Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, no, that's it right uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I, I have a really difficult time believing that people are just going to be. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I can see that guy. I, I mean, orange man so bad. I, I have a difficult time believing that right now. Of course, it can always get worse. But right now, that's just where I'm at. Todd, what do you think? I don't believe it. Not because I don't think he can't win. But here's what happened. They ultimately settled on their safety school. That that generic Democrat that has always beaten Donald Trump. And so, yes, his name is now officially, the generic Democrat is officially named Joe Biden, but all along he was generic safety school Democrat. So that placeholder is just there until, like Aaron says, the commercials, the debates, and there's all kinds of people and three of them, uh, at least three of them are in this room right now that on any given day are like, uh, what? I, I really would prefer not to have to vote uh, for this guy named Donald Trump. He's driving me crazy. And you are going to wait as long as possible to perhaps do it. But that I really think until we get past safety school Democrat, and it, that's only going to last longer now because of coronavirus, we're not going to be able to have a real read on anything. Jordan, what say you? I'm a little torn about this because I think that there's a lot of there's a lack of information out there, especially about the fact that Joe Biden is an empty vessel. And I think that a lot of undecided voters don't necessarily know that yet because not a lot of people tune into the primary debates anyway. And the media is doing a great job covering up the fact that Biden's just he's done uh, mentally. So if more people come to understand that and say a debate where they start paying attention closer to the election, will those polls swing dramatically? I think it's definitely going to have some impact because you just can't you just can't cover for the guy when he's in a one-on-one setting against Donald Trump. So that'll make things really interesting. So what I hear you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, as I take a little Marco Rubio there. Um, what I hear you saying is that if the construct of generic Democrat, as Todd was discussing, is allowed for you to 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 act on your angst, um, your your 
your fatigue, whatever the word is for your view of the Trump presidency, then absolutely. Like if we just had a generic ballot today and people could just say, can we just move on with this? You would find them more credible. But if over the course of a campaign now where the attention becomes more and more zeroed in on him and he has to carry now his own banner uh, across the finish line, he's got to stand up there three times this fall in front of a hundred some odd million people at these debates and flash that dementia that changes the calculus. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it, it's really a human psychology thing. Like, are you willing to, if you're an undecided voter and sometimes you vote for Republicans, sometimes you vote for Democrats, or even if you lean one way or the other, and it depends, do you hate Donald Trump so much that you're willing to vote for a guy that clearly does not have a handle on things? So does that mean that you're willing to just put your faith entirely in the administrative state to run the country? Like, do you hate Donald Trump that much that you're going to jeopardize the American presidency and the future of the country and put it into the hands of unknown bureaucrats? Maybe that's a calculation that people make. And I think the polls will start to indicate that once we get more exposure to Biden. What about these press briefings that the, the president is doing now? So I mentioned on the show briefly yesterday that I was having a conversation with somebody who's a fairly big name in conservative media, and most everybody listening to this show probably or watching it would know this name. And and he's staunchly pro-Trump, but he he was very concerned that this week in particular, and 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 he admitted, hey, some of this could be that he's he's kind of lost his um, zeal for the trust the experts. Now he's 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 evolving more into where it, uh, where you and people like you and I, Jordan, have been for the last couple of weeks. And so he thought he thought he thought that could be part of my analysis. But he said he was concerned that as these press briefings went on this week, they were beginning to become a loss leader for the president. They're out of new things to say because the models, are the the apocalypse we were promised has not arrived. And, you know, yesterday's announcement, remember we were, we remember we didn't have enough ventilators. Remember that? Now we're giving them away to other countries. We've got so many of them. And so his concern was now the president gets distracted and let's talk Tiger King, you know, let's talk about Sleepy Joe. Um, and it gets away from him showing other aspects of his personality that most Americans, as he goes back and forth with the media by his own choosing, frankly, don't get to see and at the same time they were elevating all the more uh, Fauci and Burks's standing by comparison because they look like they're the dignified the adults while he is you know uh, you know riffing like he's at a rally in front of the White House press corps yet do you think there's anything to that fear Aaron or Jordan 100% and I think we all have an understanding of what the base is thinking because we're all kind of tuned in on, on separate levels on that. But I think people are becoming enormously frustrated with the president. And if you don't have the base inspired, they're probably not gonna come out to vote. And the fact that he seems to be continually just sparring with the media, people's attitudes towards that are changing rapidly. I see more so people being frustrated with him just trying to go back and forth and the tweeting. And I think in a time of, let's say, peace and prosperity, those things are kind of fun to tune into, but instead people are reacting to it in a negative way these days, and they're becoming frustrated with the lack of initiative on the part of the president to reopen the country. And I think you'll continue to see that if these briefings continue day after day after day, and the president's you know, going back and forth with Jim Acosta, 
I mean, that's that that used to be fun. It used to be a nice distraction, but now it's like, all right, come on, man. Like, let's get let's get serious about getting people back to work. And that would show up in the next round. The current round of approval ratings don't have been actually fairly favorable for him, but but that those would be lagging indicators of where people what people were thinking for three, four, five days ago. What 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 Jordan's describing would actually show up in the next if that if 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 his read on that is correct, uh, then that would show up actually in the next round of approval stuff that we would see sometime early next week. But Todd, what are your thoughts? Well, I agree with Jordan's frustration as it relates to the base. And Donald Trump, but more people are seeing Twitter is in America, but more people are sitting down because they have nowhere else to go or anything to do and watching these press conferences and getting exposure to Donald Trump. And remember, the institution that is easily in the last month viewed as the lowest is is journalism. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think there's a lot of people watching this and that the clear, obvious baiting and toxic questions that a lot of journalists are asking up there. And Donald Trump is actually, we're used to it, but I think they're saying, this guy's not so bad. He's just trying to be optimistic. He's trying to give his hope. The journalists keep saying like that, that, that that's somehow that. bad. Yeah. There's a lot of people right now who may very well say, man, I, I, I don't really get where the hatred is constantly Agree. coming from. Agree if, if the conversation stays there. Agree. I think when we start coloring outside the lines... When he just when he when he oh. just wants to start riffing at, on, agree. I agree on with that as you know well. the the world at large, I think that's maybe where we we start getting into loss leader territory. I agree. But I mean, I I agree. I mean, if I see, I I don't pay. I, I've given up on the media, and I, I I watched the entire first two hour White House coronavirus press conference when this whole thing was 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 on a, it was on a Friday, and I watched the entire thing, and man. I'd have I'd have gone out there. I'd have gotten a Trump face tat, Trump uh, 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 tramp stamp. I'd have I'd have had my my kids who aren't any eligible to vote doing write-ins. I mean, their behavior in yes. that press conference was utterly despicable. But now that we're at the point though that there are new new there's no new developments in this story other than why are you continuing to listen to models that have failed while I'm losing my job? Right. That's where the that's where I think the worm on this entire dynamic can turn. We could mm-hmm. be wrong on that, too. We'll see. Let's get to the exit question. True or false? Aaron, you'll get to go first here. Joe Biden will ultimately not be the official Democratic nominee for president in 2020. That's true. Aaron says true. Todd. False. Jordan. I can't decide. It depends <laughs> on what, what, date, what date they figure out to pull him. If, it, if it's too late, they have to commit to him. All right. My theory is that if Trump gets this economy turned around soon enough, they will just let Joe Biden ride it out, take the L and just blame it on him. Um, but if they if they if they if they succeed in chickening Trump into the or play, and playing this game of chicken with Trump where they corner him and he waits for him eight more weeks to open things up. And now we've got a summer of the battles of what will open and when and things slow down. Then I, I think they absolutely will make a switch. Because they see Trump now as eminently beatable. That's that's my own theory. Issue four, Frozen versus Frozen 2. Frozen 2 is a movie about snow and princesses. My wife and I are in our 20s and have no children, so I got nothing. (laughs) I chose this for our kicker topic this week because I finally got around to watching Frozen 2. Oh, you hadn't seen it. I had not seen it. It's Drek. Yes, it is. True or false? Frozen 2 couldn't hold Frozen's jockstrap. I couldn't believe how how we, more anemic this was compared to the original Todd. 
I agree wholeheartedly with your assessment. It's true. It's terrible. Aaron. Plead the fifth. Nice. Jordan. Historically speaking, sequels are worse. (laughs) Yeah, he hasn't seen it That was a very diplomatic (laughs) answer. I'm a data guy. (laughs) You can find out who's got daughters and who does not. All right. I remember taking Zoe on a daddy-daughter date to see it the first time we saw it, the original. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I know why this is such a massive hit. It's basically Star Wars for little girls. It's the same formula that we had for as boys for uh, when we were kids, but it's it, it's been tailored more to girls. Th- this is not The Empire Strikes Back, though. I mean, I, it took them five years to come I up know. with a sequel, and you're like, this is the best story and I everything know. else they had. I came out, is, it, is Ryan Johnson doing this movie? What's going on? <laughs> Did you? I, s- I think the only the only experience. When Todd have- gets to heaven, he's going to ask Jesus, yeah. Lord, Ryan Johnson, I got nothing. That, that's you your see, question, Did right? you see today an editor from the Rise of Sky? No, the other one. Uh, the Last Jedi came yeah. out and said, yeah, I, I, I don't understand what, what Ryan Johnson was doing. How do you just... Totally drop destroy all your, the destroy all the, the yes. stories that you were yeah, handed. Oh yeah, that's why I'm asking yes. Jesus that. Yes, I am. All right, let's get to our predictions. Aaron, go. Uh, my prediction, uh, I think. So we just had the news today, uh, and this was going to be my prediction till I saw this, but I'm going to double down now. Uh, the XFL actually will be back. Uh, next season for its second kind of seasons we just had the news this morning actually broke while we were on the show that uh, the xfl is basically terminating all of its employees and ceasing day-to-day operations i still think though it was enough of a kind of a tease and success that it it has a chance again next year i mean if the feds are going to tell you we're going to pay your employees more than you were paying them for unemployment why wouldn't you lay everybody off right you're the xfl todd if a democrat uh, wins the White House. Uh, universal health care, nationalized health care is just a fait accompli because of coronavirus. It's It will have established the foothold to make it happen. Jordan. Um, politicians will continue to control things like sports, as Aaron mentioned. Um, the UFC was supposed to hold an event next weekend, and Dianne Feinstein sent a mean letter to the executives at Disney and ESPN and force them to basically cancel the event because she said that now is not a time for people to be doing this kind of stuff. So we all need to suffer. And because of that, the politicians will continue to not let us watch sports. Snitches get rewards. Yes. Next week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specify this, okay? Next week, I think the opening salvo in reopening the country will occur. And the opening salvo will be CDC will revise its guidelines to allow uh, to advise hospitals across the country that are facing major financial shortfalls. They can begin opening their doors again and treating non-coronavirus cases, including even some elective um, cases, cases as well. I think that will be the first layer of rollout of reopening the country because of politically, this is such an embarrassment for the entire operation that, that we were told we had to flatten the curve to avoid overwhelming the medical system. Right. Correct. And then the medical system really outside of, outside of like three cities is laying everybody else off. And I think they, they, that, that talking point undermines their entire strategy. So I think that will be the first thing that they open up is the, is, is, is the medical system again. Jordan, good to see you. Thanks for joining us, brother, as always. Take care, okay? Yeah, thanks so much. You bet. We'll come back. Hour number two, Feedback Friday, is next. Stay tuned.
And we are back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I am Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin. They are them, and you are you. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email this program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, if you listen to the podcast, please, if you like it, consider leaving us a five-star review because those help us to get the word out about the show. The more popular it is, the more the algorithms help it to grow. So thank you to the thousands of you that have left us one of those five-star reviews already. The rest of you, what are you waiting for? You got more free time than you've ever had before, and we could use all the help we could get. All right. So thank you to all of you that have already taken the time to leave us a five-star review. And thank you in advance to those of you who will finally do so because you're tired of me begging you for it. All right. We're going to get to Feedback Friday here in just a moment. But reality check, that New Year's resolution to lose weight, eat right, well, you were already struggling with it because most New Year's resolutions fail. Like eight, something like 80 some odd percent of them fail usually by like Valentine's Day, if not St. Patty's Day. But especially now, we're just sitting around more than ever before. We're more sedentary, more docile, and we were already too sedentary and docile to begin with as a people. But now it's even really bad, right? So how do you stop the grazing? How do you stop just packing on the pounds. Well, this is where our friends over at Riduzone may be able to help. They're the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA, which is the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster while burning stored fat and reducing your calorie intake. And right now, you can get Riduzone for up to 65% off a massive discount, and they'll throw in free shipping as well, up to 65% off plus free shipping. But you can only get it at the website, riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Use the promo code Steve to get that discount. Promo code Steve to get that discount up to 65% off plus free shipping at riduzone.com. Feedback Friday begins. Gentlemen, are you ready to go? Always. You bet. All right. Uh, This comes from Frank from my former home state of Michigan. And it may, folks, Michigan may be the way that this is setting up. The way that um, their hot communist governor is behaving, Gretchen Whitmer. That it, it may set itself up to be, I guess a lot of us assumed it would be California. And it, it, to some extent it will be. But... Gretchen Whitmer seems to have all the same ambition of a Gavin Newsom, but like none of his timing. You know what I mean? She like, she like just seems to just, you know, this is a baseball guy. There's throwers and there's pitchers. You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure. Gavin Newsom, respect him as an opponent. He is a pitcher. He, he understands the craft of that, that he's not just, this isn't high school anymore. It's not just that he can throw 96 miles an hour and just, if he can't get his curve over and his changeup doesn't land, I just, you know, dust these guys because that's what I did, you know, for Eden Prairie High School back in the day, right? Gavin Newsom's a professional communist. You will face him in the future. Respect him as an opponent. Don't take him for granted. Um, As she's currently known, though, that woman in Michigan is a thrower. 
She's new Kalush. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, she's this is this is rank amateur stuff. But that and and but in the in these circumstances that could make her even more dangerous. Because it's it's clear right now she's trying to make a major play politically. She wants to. She's making a major play, I believe, to be Joe Biden's running mate. But but is but at the very least is attempting to seize on this. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. I mean, from the you know, I'll put you in jail for using hydroxychloroquine. Remember, she did that. To now asking for it. All right. Remember, there was the uh, the 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 feds denied me. Said they were going to deny my state services. And then when the Trump administration says, which, which feds? Actually, the feds have been great, right? These are the kinds of mistakes that Gavin Newsom is not making. These are the kinds of mistakes you make because um, you're, you struck out 16 in a double-A game last night. There's been a series of rainouts, and the Major League franchise is short of pitching, and they got a doubleheader coming up, and they're just looking for somebody to throw three or four innings. So they call you in. And you think you're just going to stand there and just throw the same two seam fastball that struck out 16 guys in in uh, in at, you know in, in Erie, Pennsylvania last night, right? That's what she's doing right now. It's a bit Elizabeth Warren esque. Yes, I, I can be as nasty as you want to be and say dot all the i's and cross the t's in the way you want, but that that can't win at the big league level. It, it, it can't. You saw that you saw what it did ultimately to her presidential yeah. campaign. Yeah. And now you you know they're going to ban seeds. Um you know you can't go house to house in Michigan. I mean just ridiculous levels of petty tyranny. Ridiculous levels. And I use that as the setup for this email that I want to read. This is from Frank. He lives in Battle Axe, Michigan. Now I know a lot about this state. I I grew up here. So I know the state very well. Okay. Can I really quick before <clears throat> yep. to just set this up further? Because I didn't even mention Gavin Newsom. He's the governor of California. Mm-hmm. When the California progressive is looking over at the Michigan progressive and signaling, at least by his behavior, like, you know, maybe yeah. Yeah, this Calif- is a little if nuts. California's giving you the Jonah Hill gift, <laughs> you need to simmer down. All right. Yeah. Is that kind of yeah. weird? That, that's a good rule of thumb. Yes. Agreed. So Frank writes, the other day as I was listening to your podcast, you were giving us a couple of weeks before open defiance. It is already here. I was rolling through small Indiana towns on the way to drop off another load of milk. Specifically, I was on Indiana Route 9, which picks up at the Michigan line and runs 60 miles south to my destination. Things in America are going on like it is the weekend. As I run down Highway 9 in every small town, people were out and about in LaGrange, a family. See, I've made this drive a million times going through Indiana to get up to Michigan, coming from Des Moines and back. So I'm very familiar with the route that he's talking about. As in LaGrange, a family was taking pictures on a courthouse steps as women were pushing strollers with babies down the street. In Wolcottville and Rome City, the boat landings were full of cars, and I could see people violating the six-foot rule on their boats while they were drinking a beer and casting a fishing line. In Albion, a group of boys on bicycles pumped their fists, encouraging me to give them some air horn from my semi-truck. 
In Columbia City, the Walmart lot was packed full of cars. In Huntington at the Dairy, things were normal. No one was wearing masks, conversations were being had, and milk haulers were swapping stories and catching up with each other. Also, generally speaking, traffic is getting back to normal. This week, people will not be cooped up, particularly with the weather getting better. The only thing that wasn't happening was business at small town shops and restaurants. It was sad to see. It seems to me that once again, the government is picking winners and losers. Lowe's and Walmart can sell me bedding plants, but my local greenhouse cannot. I can get a takeout from a fast food joint, but can't get a meal from a local place who tried takeout and delivery, but then couldn't keep up and shut it down. My local insurance agent is thinking about going back into nursing because her policies are all canceling. Why pay for car insurance if you're only running a mile to the store? Cars are not being sold, so new policies are not even being written. I am encouraged some because I see America defying the dictates of state, but we need commercial operations to defy the state too. No jury would convict a person trying to earn a living over a lockdown order. Well, at least not in this part of America from which I come. That is from Frank in Michigan. So let me tell you this. I went out, had to go to my car dealership yesterday uh, for a quick repair. And it's it's in a, in a small town in Iowa about... 30 minutes from here called the town is called Granger. And I, I got to tell you guys, I saw the same amount of traffic on the way out there yesterday as I would see this time of year. I make this drive a few times every year. Why? Because there's an outstanding um, service department manager out there. There's a long-term friend of mine, Larry Jackson. And everywhere he goes, we just, that's always where we buy, where we buy our cars because we trust him to do us right. Because here's the thing, whenever you're buying a car, vet the service department. Because you're going to deal with that long after the sales department when you drive the car off the lot. And it's a little bit of a hassle to drive this extra 20, 30 minutes just to get your oil changed and everything else. But what we have saved in terms of peace and comfort and money on the back end and having the same guy and the same team do everything for all of our cars the whole time, it's worth it. It's worth the hassle in the end. Agreed. All right. So on the drive out there, I make this drive numerous times a year. On the drive out there, I saw roughly the same amount of traffic as I see any other time I make that drive. I saw roughly the same amount of people at, you know, gas stations and Walmarts and Lowe's as I would see any other time of year with anything else going on. What was different, though, was on the drive back. All right, so this part of our state is a growing exurban area. A lot, there's a lot more com, uh, commuters back and forth that are working in Des Moines and then driving out and living in Granger. And so, if you try to if you try to make this drive, because there's only like one main road in or out of this Granger area, if if you try to make this drive like between seven or eight a.m. or or four to six p.m. when all these people are commuting to and from work. It can be like, it's it's far worse than our main freeway in Des Moines because it's one lane or two lanes each way and it can be a parking lot. On the way back, coming back at about four o'clock yesterday, where I should have seen a lot more traffic, that's where I noticed the difference. And it, and it made me think of Frank's email where on the way out there, early in the afternoon after we get done with this show, people are still largely at work. Same kind of traffic, same amount of people at the gas stations, the Walmarts, et cetera. On the way back, though, later in the afternoon after my repair is done, when that should have been all your commuting traffic of people going to work and back, that's when you, I noticed a precipitous decline. And it just made me think of Frank's email. Your thoughts, gentlemen. 
Well, I I think it's proof of kind of we are right where we started in many respects. We we have two Americas, and there are a lot of people out there that are just chomping at the bit to get back. They don't see any big deal. They'd be happy to be in uh, you know normal size crowds again. They're not they're not afraid, uh, but there is the face mask uh, paranoia crowd as well. So we're just gonna it's it's like my theory about 2016 and 2017. And I said 2017 was going to be worse after that election, as crazy as it was, and it was, and it's still getting worse and worse. It's just it's going to get worse even after coronavirus because. That to America sense is only being emboldened by what we are going through. It's not bringing us together. We're not all in this together. That's what I see once again through letters like this. I think that is true in this story for sure. But I don't I'm not sure the political fault lines are as obvious or as as similar as they typically are. I think this is largely socioeconomic, even more so than politically. I mean if you're if if you're a poor ethnic family in Queens, New York, you can't really be a poor ethnic family in Brooklyn, New York anymore because they have redone that that borough and it's it's gorgeous and families and stuff live there now. I know because when I was auditioning to take over New York Drive Time Radio a few years ago, that was one of the areas we were looking at living in. All right, but if you're a if you're an ethnic if you're an ethnic working class family in a place like Queens, the reality is you're just not afforded a certain level of a fear because the realities of life and of, of, of your quality of life and your station in life just don't permit it. You're, you're just not permitted to not ride the subway. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just not an option to you. I mean, you, that, that's like saying to somebody who's living there, Hey, after you, you might as well tell them to stop breathing almost. Sure. All right. So, Now, that person's probably, given the demographic profile, never voting for Donald Trump, no matter what, or George W. Bush, or John McCain, or Mitt Romney, or Ted Cruz, or Scott, pick a name, any name with an R after after their name, no matter what their issue profile is, their personality, how more centrist they are, how right wing they are. That the, 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 a, a person with an R after their name just has never happened in a community like that. But. When the Knicks come back to play, they'll show up if they can afford to go to the game. And they'll gladly take advantage of the fact that a lot of people who can afford that kind of level of fear may not be sitting in those seats the way that they used to and the the cost come down and they'll be like, we'll be happy to take our kids then. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I think this divide of two Americas is very prevalent right now, but I don't know that it's as it's the political fault lines that we typically see that a lot of it could could very well be what is the reality? What is the, for me, I make a good living. I'm not rich, as I've told you before, but I'm not poor. My family can afford to be afraid if we wanted to be, meaning more, more than vigilant. If we wanted to buy into the panic porn, I could sit out for a few weeks, months. I could do that. We could, we could not do anything, never leave our home. You know what I'm saying? Have everything delivered, do takeout every night. We could do stuff like that, particularly in, a t- in Des Moines, Iowa, where it, 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 you, right. know, you can have a nice home for $300,000. And in New York City, that might get you a 1,000 you know, uh, square foot flat mm-hmm. with a shower. All right? Um, we could afford it. But for us, this is largely ideological. 
We like that we, you know, for our family, it is what's the truth. If the truth is we have to panic, we're going to panic. But if the truth is we don't have to panic, we're just not going to do it, even if we can afford to. And at this point, my wife, I think, would happily get injected with coronavirus just to let it run its course through her body so she could get the hell out of the house. That's where she's at right now. All right. Um, but. I think there's all kinds of people who ideologically might not agree with my family's approach to this or how we vote or don't vote who will be joining us at uh, football games this fall just because their station in life doesn't permit them that level of insulation. They have to leave to make a living. They can't do it from home. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Funny. And I think that that's where you're going to see the fault line on this. And we were, we, we were joking yesterday. Maybe we should say this on the air, and then I'll throw it to you, Aaron, okay? We were joking off the air yesterday. It's going to be very awkward when when Roger Goodell shows up for an event at the Rose Garden this June next to President Trump, urging the Democratic governors in California and Michigan to open their states back up so they can have NFL training camps. We flatten the curve. It's time to get back to normal, all right? Uh, America needs the NFL. It help, it's a unifying thing in our lives, right? It, a couple of years ago, the president and the, and the NFL were literally in open warfare against each other. I mean, this thing could make for some very strange political bedfellows. Could you see Hollywood executives? Where, where I mean, I, I, the, they're the peddlers of leftism, but they need to, you know what, they got to pay for those homes out there in the hills, in the Hollywood yeah. Hills and their Elysiums as well. And now you're saying, hey, AMC, the number one movie theater chain mm-hmm. in the country, if they don't get to open by August 1, analyst, Wall Street analyst said yesterday, they're going under. That's 2,000 fewer screens to show Mulan on when, or Wonder Woman on this summer, which means they make a lot less money on those movies. Yeah. Could you see Hollywood executives joining with Donald Trump to say, Hey, Governor Newsom, we really need to open the state back up. I, I think this yes. is going to cross some lines. Well, I, I I didn't mean to, and you're right to clarify. This is not, well, the Republicans are going outside and only the Democrats are inside. That That's not it. But we were already in the tribal other camp. If you are the other, I hate you. You're a subhuman. Right. You're a terrible person. When now you have this level of paranoia that Aaron has also talked about. That's what I think it's, it's, it's that part's not going to go. I I think that's going to be more telling long-term than the temporary uh, situational kumbaya that you're talking about. I do agree with that. Aaron, go ahead. Yeah. So specifically talking about sports, Seton Hall actually had a survey. I don't know if you guys saw this. I did see this. Yeah. Yeah. So survey said that about 72% of Americans say they won't attend games sporting events unless there's a vaccine available and i had the same thought that you did as well uh this means that the the price so what what happens when there's less demand for something goes down the price goes down yeah which means it does that mean that fewer or more people are able to to be able to afford that ticket more Uh, that means more yeah which means you're opening up a broader market which means that more people will actually attend. So it means the overall value for somebody like it by my my Hawkeyes. So maybe ticket prices will go down because the demand is down. So they're getting less money. So the butts are still going to be in seats, at least to some degree, because yeah. more people will be able to. It's just the uh, it, that's just economics because there's they're they're making it available to a wider swath of people. Because I I think I think you're onto something with the socioeconomic di- divide. Because my wife and I can't go out 
to take a walk or go to the grocery store without wary glances behind behind masks looking at us. We, we've completely lost. I, well, I, I don't know if I want to say completely, but at least where we live. I don't know if you've seen this, Steve, but at least where we live, it seems like our neighbors have completely lost fact of the sight or side of the fact that their neighbors are actually humans and not potential carriers of coronavirus and transmitters of coronavirus. Um, but like you said, we're in an area where people can actually afford to be panicked. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people where we don't live who cannot afford to be panicked and have to take their chances and live and God bless them as well, um, who, who have to live life and who have to find ways to survive and and persist and not they, they are they don't have the luxury of fear is, I guess, what I'm saying. And so that's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, next note, and this one comes from Devin. If we all get out of this without too much hurt, it will be because of shows like yours and such a small handful of others. I've been spreading your show around to anyone that will listen to come out against the grain like you guys did when you did took some freaking sack. Nice. Uh, you're very appreciated in our household. Thank you for being you. Now, here's why I shared this note, because you guys know I I get really uncomfortable sharing positive feedback. All right. But I have gotten this kind of note. I, I, well, well, right now I'm getting every kind of note countless times. <laughs> All right. But this kind of note I have, I have definitely gotten countless times. And so I just kind of picked on Devin to use him as the, uh, the way to say thank you to all of you that have sent us these kinds of notes. I've tried to answer as many of them as I can. I, I cannot keep up with the volume of email we're getting. Uh, this week we had uh, a record uh, amount of um, listeners, viewers for this show. Sorry, I'm going to pull a Joe Biden and sneeze here in a second. Okay, I think I avoided it. All right, we're gonna we're, we set a record going into today uh, for most viewers and listeners to this show since we came here to the Blaze, and um, that's on top of the week prior when we had one of the very best weeks we have ever had. Um. So thank you to all of you that have sent us those notes. Here's the second reason I wanted to share this with all of you in the audience. Because there's more of you than you think. A lot more of you than you think. I know over the last few years I've said the the so-called silent majority, as we used to describe it. And the way that we used to describe it in a silent majority is 40% of Americans were Republicans, 40% were Democrats, you had your independents in the middle, but then you had this silent majority of people who don't, who, who don't watch the news, but you know, we could, that were really with us. And if we had the right issue, you know, in the past, it might've been uh, the tea party, or it might've been the marriage issue. We could get these people to show up huge for us, right. And, and shock the system on election day that a lot of that so-called notion is gone now. But in a cultural sense, it's very much alive with an issue like this. Because you're being told that you're not allowed to have these opinions because that makes you a terrible person and that's meant to silence you so that you don't find out there's actually a lot of people who think the way that you do. Now, I, I, I was called every name in the book growing up, and some of them probably I deserved. Uh, I mean, I, I have 
made a career out of taking contrarian stances. Not on purpose. I just often find the conventional wisdom horseplay. Now, and I haven't always been right, by the way, doing that. But when I have been right doing it, it's when I've been the most right in my entire career. And I, I knew we were right about this before I even started vetting the models when the immediate reaction I got to just merely asking questions was demagoguery. Because I've seen this game plan before. I've seen it before. And one of the things you'll learn that's annoying about having me on your team is I don't just do this situationally. I do it with everything. Even on the stuff I agree with you on, I do it. Okay? Um, so to a lot of our new people that have found us here in the last couple of weeks, welcome. Uh, we appreciate your support. I just want to warn you in the future, though, that I may end up utilizing my own contrarianism in a way that may uh, that, that you enjoy it now. It may annoy you later on. That's just the way that I roll. I'm, um, I'm instantly suspicious of going the way everybody says is you need to go. Because more often than not, that's wrong. Doesn't mean that I say it was always wrong. Is that what I just said? No. No, I said more often than not, it is. All right? Which means, you know, if if it's true that when I've been the most right in my career is is when I've been the most contrarian, well, then it can also be true then that the times that I've been the most wrong is when I have pushed it too far as well. Okay? So, but my career in this industry and in activism has taught me when the immediate answer to a contrarian or skeptical question is demagoguery. You know, you've already won the argument before you've even discovered yet and researched yet the facts that will confirm it to you. Because if that's, if, if the knee-jerk immediate reaction is, well, you just hate old people. Well, you, you thought it was a bad idea that we had more people on food stamps than the entire population of Spain under Obama because you're racist. That's, you, you're, you just hate women. That's why you're pro-life. Okay, um, you've won. You've won the argument. You may not have all the right reasons yet assembled for why, right? Like we talked earlier this week that the theory I've been operating under that this thing has been here far longer than this effort we've had to flatten the curve, which is why we are our models are way off. They had no baseline to start with, or at least not the right one. They're starting from a baseline of early to mid-March, and it was here the entire season. But... I admitted to you that the reason I've not I've not aggressively pursued that theory in, in, in terms of promoting it as, a, as the position of our show is because there was a major hole in that argument. How do I explain the, the current spike, which was still less than was being forecasted, but was still a noteworthy spike in New York City that was unignorable, right? It was going on. Mm -hmm. That was happening. So how do we how do we explain that? And so I, I needed to wait to see if information would arise that could explain it. And if not, then I'm going to have to reevaluate my, re my own theory. Well, we have information that could confirm it, which is we just continue to take people in from China up to 40,000, even after the president attempted to ban this back on January the 31st. So um, I want to also thank you guys. I think... Um, I, I anticipated we'd get more pushback to our skepticism when the president backed down on opening the country up by Easter, and that actually did not happen at all. 
Meaning that I thought people would think, well, I don't know, maybe I got to support my guy. That's my president. Maybe he's right. You know, I don't want to be disloyal or, you know. What we've actually seen is the exact opposite is true. And I think that should be a message to President Trump, which is your base is willing to accept a lot of your, shall we call them uh, rough edges. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. I think they're willing to accept a lot of rough edges if you are their instrument to drain the swamp. But sir, if you, if you are seen as not, they're not nearly as forgiving as they were previously. Meaning they're willing to make this purely transactional if you hold up your end of the bargain. But if you're not, our audience numbers have shown the last couple of weeks, this isn't, uh, an, un- this isn't an unconditional transaction. There is for there is there are people and every politician has a cult of of, of personality. That's just the we have a cult of we have people that listen to this show think everything we say is right and it's not. That's just the reality of being in the public eye. You cannot avoid this to some degree. And the and the more visible you are, the more acute your cult of personality around you will be. Right? Sure. There's always groupies. Okay, but there's a whole lot of people going to those rallies that. Have, have have really digged what we've been doing on this show the last week or two, even when the president has been handing over his authority too often to Fauci and Burks at the same time. And I think that's that's a message that I hope, because I know, I know there's people at the White House that know what goes on in this show. I hope you're listening to that, okay? That your people will stand with you no matter what if they think you're standing with them. But if you're standing with Fauci, Burks, they're not moving over there with you. More in a moment. Well, we're using more uh, internet than ever before, probably in the country right now. We're online more than ever before because that's how we're passing a lot of the time, watching movies, playing video games, Netflix and chill, et cetera, trying to get through this quarantine. That means that your your data is out there and exposed more than ever before as well. So if you don't want the people that are pushing this panic porn, and if you don't want the fact checkers... Uh-uh, who told Daniel Horowitz that his recent piece at Conservative Review uh, was false for just quoting directly what Debbie Burks actually said uh, about them padding their numbers with the with coronavirus deaths. If you don't want to expose your web browser history, your email data, your video searches uh, to those kinds of people, you're going to want to check out ExpressVPN. Have it with you every time that you go online because that way big tech companies uh, can match your internet activity to your identity and your location using your public IP address. And when you use ExpressVPN, these companies cannot see your IP address at all. Your identity is masked and then anonymized by a secure VPN server. I'm using ExpressVPN right now. I've got my phone right here in my pocket. I'm using it right here on my laptop here in the office as well. All right. So if you want to protect your online activity and make sure that your internet data belongs to you, and not to a bunch of progressive elites in Silicon Valley. All right, then ExpressVPN is your answer. Get three months free right now at expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's expressvpn, V as in victory, 
expressvpn.com slash Steve for three free months when you get a one-year package. Three free months with a one-year package right now at expressvpn.com slash Steve. Let's get back to Feedback Friday. This is from DJ. Just a suggestion, since we are all pretty much stuck inside most of the day due to multitudes of government mandates, would you consider changing the while we were away segment to while you were in government lockdown it would only be temporary and last only as long as the national emergency. Aaron, I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good idea. for For a while there, uh, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about changing it to uh, what happened while we were left behind, um, <laughs> but that never happened. So, what happened while we were in government lockdown? You know, that's not too bad. What happened while you were in quarantine? Yes, yes. Uh, is this a trial run? Jeff Davis writes by China to see how they can take us down or put us in a position to bring the USA to our knees. Our government and cultural reaction is, has to be important to their world dominance agenda. Well, we've discussed this on the show previously, Jeff. Even if that's not the case, let's just let's just stipulate that a virus from a colony of mammal that is 900 kilometers, whose, whose main nesting area is approximately 900 kilometers away from the city of Wuhan, where there are not one but two Chinese viral laboratories. Now, even saying this out loud, don't you just snicker at just, it just how dumb that sounds trying to connect those dots is random. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, this one species of bats main nesting area is about 900 kilometers away from Wuhan where, however, within the immediate, within the city limits, they have not one, but two Chinese viral laboratories. So they, they don't have um, a, a main nesting area for this uh, bat where we apparently got this virus, but they do have a couple of viral laboratories. Okay. Let's and so let's just say that that's it came from this bat migrating and it was about 900 miles from its main nesting area because let's say it was brought there to you know for wet markets or who knows what right let's just say this is all just a random tragedy because we do have random tragedies folks we're east of Eden here right all creation groans with sin so there there are random tragedies right there's orchestrated ones and random ones let's say that this is purely a random one. At the very least, haven't we shown our primary competitor in the world? Haven't we shown them a bit of our soft underbelly that, that will roll over here? Haven't we shown a little bit of uh, the rear end here to the, we to have. the shy com? At the very least, even this is just a random tragedy. At the very least, have we not shown them how we will just surrender much of what makes our culture superior to theirs with the threat of even a random act of existential angst. We've at least shown that. At least. Without oh. a conspiracy, we've shown that. Oh, right? absolutely. And what they've at least shown is, even if that is a random tragedy, we didn't get a, oh, my bad, mea culpa, sorry. We actually got we actually got the, no, what really happened is this, this started in the United States and you gave it to us. They've actually tried that. So yes, even if this is accidental, they decided not to let a, uh, a um, tragedy go to waste and decided to try to kneecap us before we could kneecap them. Yeah, that was going to be my response as well. Uh, This is not intentional. At least that's my position right now. Not intentional, but 
it uh, had the same effectiveness as them as them basically using this as a test to see how weak we are and you know uh did we pass uh, i think i think it's pretty clear at this point that uh, no we have not so i think i think anytime anytime we start to see things coming out of china there's going to be another one there's going to be another virus at some point be very, very, very dubious from the get-go about this because I think the next time around, they're actually going to do all they can to stoke the panic in the West using their propaganda machines as well. That's just my just just my thought. And you have media in your own country who hates traditional America enough that they will help them promulgate it. Yes. That's just the reality. Yep. You know, we were only joking earlier this week when we said, what's the quickest path to to left America letting us have our country back? Uh, the the glorious vaccine that may never arrive or just get a Democrat elected to the White House. It's obvious. Get a Democrat elected to the White House. If, if, if do you do you believe the media would demand this that we continue with these indefinite shutdowns? No matter how poorly the models demanding them have performed. If Hillary Clinton was president right now, do you believe that they would that they would demand that? I don't. Do you? Uh, no, no, of course they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. In fact, it, it, the name of the Democrats irrelevant. Any Democrat, any Democrat in the White House, just just pick a name out of a hat. Just pick a name out of a hat. Any Democrat in the White House right now in an election year. Running for reelection as president of the United States, given the numbers we're seeing right now, the actual data we're seeing that this is bad, not apocalyptic, not even close to apocalyptic. Would they even in, even with it going on in their own backyard? Because that's where most of the most of the media lives. There is in New York. Would they still be demanding? We just we have to sit here forever until there's a vaccine. We can't ever go out again. Would they demand that if the if the if a, any Democrat uh, was in the White House yeah. right now? That's easier to answer when you asked me the Hillary Clinton loaded question. I had to try only to because put it through that filter because yes. there's, there's, there's the Hillary filter. Yes. yes, yeah, she's not any Democrat. She's yes. of her own breed. But any generic yeah. Democrat would they be demanding indefinite shutdowns? Uh, no, the safe bet is to say no. No, of course they would not. Of course they wouldn't. So that's why last night I was telling you guys during the break last night, I was trying to trying to find online some Asian media, not Shycom media, not our media, but I repeat myself, but but media from out there that has English translations about what is what, what are they saying is really going on in terms of the real life in China. And one of the things I did find was that, that one report that said they had opened up a bunch of their tourist spots around the country this past weekend, actually. And folks flocked to them. Many of them wearing masks, but many not. It's, it's China. There's just many of it. When it comes to people, there's many of everything because it's one of the most, maybe the most populous nation on earth. So, in fact, the, the government, one of the reports I read said the government was so shocked by how many people immediately flocked because they, remember, they tried opening the movie theaters about three weeks ago, right? And then right. people were like, eh, I don't know about that. All right. So they opened up these tourist spots around the country and people went nuts is one of the, was one of the things I read. And it, and the government was so shocked. The Shycoms were so shocked by how many people flocked that they actually then began trying to herd people in and out faster because they were concerned that they were too on top of each other, even in that outdoor environment that was one one because i think a lot of this is right now a game that's why i'm trying to figure out i think i think it's a race between china and the united states which one opens its economy up for business first and and resets its place of 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 economic dominance in the world so i'm i'm fascinated trying to figure out 
given the theory that I'm working off of. What is daily life really like there? Um, this is from Chris in Oklahoma says, you guys have been really spot on with your analysis of this crisis. My wife is a nurse practitioner at a nursing home and an adjunct professor, clinical trials director for a nursing college. I'm just a guy that tries to pay attention. People won't take this for long. And I think the officials know it absent the promised catastrophe. There's only the only way out of this is for politicians and health officials to say face politicians and health officials will be going all in this coming week on the mandatory shelter in place type stuff. He wrote this to us on Monday. So, okay. Okay. Uh, the more draconian, the better, whether it does any good is obeyed, whatever doesn't matter. It's just so they can claim credit for saving everyone in a few weeks. When the CDC says, great job, everyone, it all worked and we can all go back to normal now. Thank goodness we saved you. My wife was already starting to see memes and comments similar to if you wake up in two weeks and wonder what happened to COVID, then we did our jobs. What do you think of that theory? Um, that that they're really hunkering down right now on this stuff so that they can then say and give themselves credit. We did this. We saved yeah. you. Back to normal. Enjoy the rest of your 2020. And they can begin to Homer Simpson gift, retreat back into the bushes while waving mission accomplished. That's this his theory. This is uh, our, the guest we had on earlier this week, Alex Berenson. Mm -hmm. he, he tweeted out as much yesterday, said this is people are still panicking. And this absolutely started with undue panic. But he said, now the, the, the reason why we can't do an about faces, it's not because of panic. The smart people just don't, don't know how to want. pivot. They yes. don't or they don't want they to don't pivot. Want to. Yeah. One or the other, though. But it's just they but they they're looking for an out and they haven't found it yet. So, yeah, they're going to. So time, like you said, yeah, that that time. So you milk another week or two exactly. as you shut down. You let the curve go flatter down and then you claim you're like George W. Bush. You land on your aircraft carrier, declare mission accomplished yes. and. Anthony Fauci enjoys uh, his coming book tour. Is that what you're thinking? Right. And even though, you know, right now it's it's not that complicated, but you have to use terms like lagging indicators to make people understand. And mm -hmm. they're going to be like, I, nope, just lie to me and I'll take it and move on. And so, yeah, they'll 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 get away with it. And these people you're talking about know from experience pre coronavirus, the nonsense they can get away with. I give you transgenderism. Yeah, they know that they can get away with this because uh, the, the the argument that they're going to use is impossible to disprove. Right. Like, so we'll never win. know what the difference would have been had we yep. not done this. Yeah, even right. though all the, all the you know, I, I again bring up Northern Italy, Lombardy, been locked down since February 21st. But no, no, we're not going to we're not going to look at those examples. And then it's going to get even worse. The, the cognitive dissonance once. So this Stanford antibody study, they, they tested thirty two hundred people last weekend. They're in the process of compiling an antibody test, a serological test. Once those studies start to come out and if we get 10 to 15, 20 or more percent of, of these tests show people already have these coronavirus antibodies. I mean, the Homer Simpson giffing is mm -hmm. going to be hard i'm fascinated by the fact stanford folks is it's the creme de la creme of universities in america okay i mean it it's it's among the best of the best that we have and they have like been as a so, yeah leading the way yeah. in, in skepticism of yeah. this so and that's that that made me a little bit skeptical too actually because they're like entire department of epidemiology in like unison 
is like, whoa, pump the brakes on this. When most of most of well, not most, but a, a lot of academics, like at the University of Washington, the IHME study that everybody's um, that everybody's touting. Uh, when a lot of academia is is all in on the doomsday, Stanford's for whatever reason their epidemiological department has really been in unison to really pump the brakes. The, on the this. University of Washington is one of those places you go to because you couldn't get into Stanford. To be brutally honest, yep. Okay. And very few people can get into Stanford. I, 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 am, I have been fascinated to see that they have been out there leading the way in skepticism on this from the very beginning. I'm fascinated by that. And I'm also fascinated by the fact that the White House Coronavirus Task Force just seemingly is ignoring the skepticism from this is this again. This isn't Hillsdale College, guys, which is another great school. But let's face it, could be could be could be characterized as having a, a political bias here, right? Sure. Okay. This is freaking Stanford, man. This is the Harvard of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the Pacific time zone. And they have been out there from, from the get-go calling BS on all of this. And I am fascinated that our White House Coronavirus Task Force just seemingly can't be bothered. You know who came from Stanford? Condoleezza Rice, guys. She came from Stanford. All right, this is not some podunk school. This isn't some podunk JUCO. You, Stanford's one of those schools you can't get there from here. In fact, they're like the thug life. You don't choose Stanford, they choose you. <laughs> so, I mean, they have been out there just dropping bombs on this the whole time. Don't you find it fascinating that, the, that our own White House Coronavirus Task Force just is like, treating what's, Stanford what's, like it's, you know, here's, it's last chance here's, you. Here's the really weird thing. That really pisses me off, to be honest. One of the senior research fellows, and let me look up his name real quick. One of the senior research fellows at Stanford is a huge Trump supporter. He wrote the book, I believe, uh, I believe it's called The Case for Trump. Yeah. Victor Davis Hanson. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a huge Trump guy. Why isn't he? Why isn't he involved in this? Whatever. I, I'm sure he has the president's ear. The president actually sent out a a tweet. Uh, I don't know if it was last year, a couple of years ago, uh, thanking Victor Davis Hanson for writing this book, The Case for Trump. I I don't know why why they're not listening. He's a senior uh, senior research fellow. I believe oh, he's been around for a long he's time. Been, yeah, and he's been. Steve, you've probably interviewed him. Interview? I'm sure oh, yeah. that I have over the years. He's written some book or something, right? Yeah. That we probably talked. Oh, he's him been about. around forever. I mean, he's a. In conservative circles, he's a household name. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've been seeing him on, uh, on, uh, you know, stories surrounding this yeah. serological test as well. I, I don't understand why, why that hasn't, why oh, he hasn't on. been a, a, a closer part of this. This is. I've been in enough conversations on social media now. The, the, the same pattern happens. We're trusting the experts. You link them to. Uh, Steve's uh, story, at which just expert after expert after expert. Oh well, Blaze is hysterical, right wing nonsense. It does. It, it doesn't matter. You can give them all a bunch of other experts. At the end of the day, they're gonna. And it happened on uh, uh, sports radio yesterday, which is utterly uh, brainwashing people. And basically, they respond with, well, "What your answer would have been to do nothing?" Yeah. It's all straw men everywhere you turn. By the way, Stanford in the U.S. News World Report National University Rankings number six behind Yale, Harvard, MIT, Columbia, and Princeton. All right. And ahead of several other Ivy League schools. So there's that. 
Yeah, again, just some, you know, Poe Dunk last chance you Juco. Totally ignored. Have a great weekend, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.